The Oklahoma City Thunder saw Alexei Pokashevsky return to the hardwood after two and a half months of an injury. SGA goes to Toronto tonight. How important this game is and your mailbag questions all coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by the ultimate pro basketball GM. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder going to Toronto tonight to take on the Raptors. How has SGA fared in his career going to Canada and how important this game is after some events that occurred around the NBA tonight? Alexei Pokashevsky returns to the floor for the first time since December and your mailbag questions are all on today's show. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And today's show is brought to you by the Ultimate Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of being an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, this is the game for you. To download the game, just visit the Ultimate GM, UltimateProBasketballGM.com or look it up in the App Store. And our listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the code Locked On, all, spa- all caps, no spaces in the game. So Pokashevsky returned to the floor. Uh, he had been assigned to the blue back on March 6th. And at that time, it was just for practice. Uh, and then today, in the, in the OKC Blue home finale, he played for the blue against the Clippers. Pokashevsky was on the Paycom Center hardwood for the first time since December. Uh, I believe it was December 27th, right, uh, against the uh, against the Spurs. And I was there sitting at the score table watching Poku return. He got seven rebounds, six assists, two blocks, 0 for 7 shooting, including a halftime heave, so really 0 for 6, uh, 15 minutes of action. I talked to the blue head coach, Cam Woods. I talked to Pokashevsky after the game as well. But just watching Pokashevsky return to the court, he looked good. I mean, he was moving really well, especially when you consider uh, the injuries coming off of in his leg and his, you know, his leg area. You know, like it, it is, it is impressive, like how he's returned and how he looks physically at this point. Uh, he was on a minute restriction in this game. I asked him what's about that. Kind of the way that they did it was he played seven minutes in the first quarter, did not play in the second quarter. Play, uh, re-entered in the third quarter with like 5.21 to go and then played some in the fourth, but ultimately finished with 15 minutes of action. And Cam talked about how that was the plan going in of, of you know, a, a seven-minute burst uh, playing him in the, in those stretches to see how his body responds. Um, Cam said that Poku throughout this time, because remember, he's been practicing with the Blue for, for a little bit of time now. Throughout this time, Poku has looked better and looked better uh, physically each and every day. Um, and... He did not confirm nor deny if Poku would be traveling with the Blue for their final three road games. Now, this is all a guess 
But if I if I was going to guess, I would say that the most likely scenario would be that Poku maybe goes to Frisco on Sunday because that's the shortest road trip and it's another point where he can get game action before getting recalled. Uh, but I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. I asked Cam, I asked Poku, both of them said that they didn't know and, and that kind of it wasn't down the road that far yet of like when the return would happen to OKC. Um, but as of now, I would say look out for Sunday. Maybe he goes to Frisco if you're in the area to take on the Texas Legends. Um, but ultimately, it was good to see him back on the floor. And, and Poku said that he felt good back out, out there for the first time in two and a half months. One thing that Poku said that I thought was interesting was he said that it was tough being away. Obviously, it was tough being injured. But being around the team a lot really helped him. And so that's kind of him echoing what Mark's been talking about this whole season of like the reason that we bounce these guys back and forth and like we recall them on doubleheader days, even though they might not play in the second day of the, of the, of the doubleheader and the second game of the doubleheader is because we want these guys to still be attached to our program, still be attached to our organization and still feel a part of the team. And that kind of goes a long way with these guys. And, and it truly does help them whenever they're trying to get back on the floor to still feel like they're a part of the team. And it obviously helped Poku um, during this stretch as well. Um, Poku said the, the biggest thing that Poku said was that he needs to get his, he needs to get his win back. And like Poku said, he needs to get his win back and get be more in conditioned uh, to play. And he's trying to get ready as fast as possible. Obviously when, when you have two and a half months off, you're not going to be in the NBA shape in terms of your, your wind or conditioning up and down the floor. And that's why you, you want to start him slow with like these seven minute bursts at a time. If you're, if you're the blue, if you're the thunder organization, uh, but ultimately, I thought he played really well. Uh, obviously, he didn't score a point, like, but but it just didn't happen within the flow of the game. He looked really good and, and played his role, and that was what was impressive to me was, you know, this is his first game in two and a half months. He's playing for the blue. Um, you know, he's been having such a really good season with the NBA. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and, and to not press, to not try to do too much, but to just let the game come to him was really impressive. You mentioned the assist that he racked up six of them. He got seven rebounds. You know, he made some great passes like that behind the back pass uh, that he made in the first quarter. He had a great cut, you know, cutting dime pass to uh, Andre, which was great Uh, as a Thunder uh, fan. I'm sure you all got very excited to see Poku hooking up with Andre on that assist. But again, seeing him not press was impressive. He also mixed it up on some rebounds, which I thought was great. Obviously, the conditioning is going to come, and it's hard to judge if he was in condition or not. He says that he needs to get his win back, so obviously he wasn't. But one thing that was stood out to me was the way that he boxed out for rebounds and like went up and contested for rebounds. Uh, that, that, to me, showed that he trusts himself. He trusts his legs. He trusts uh, his body post-injury, which I think is oftentimes some of the hardest part to get back after you've had an injury like this. So that was impressive for Poku made some great passes, just just played well. And I think that he's right. I think that the biggest thing will be trying to find his win back. But with this return, it was met with, of course, excitement, but also met with some um, jokes and, 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 again, low-hanging fruit jokes about Poku. But let's not forget, this is not the same Poku we've been seeing. Like, this season, Poku was legitimately good. And this season, Mark and Sam spent the entire fall hyping Poku up. And what did he do? He came out this year and had a career year in three-point shooting, shooting 38% overall from three, 38% on non-corner situations, and 39% in the corners. Synergy grades him as a very good defender this year, allowing just 0.9 points per possession. Synergy also places Poku in the 90th percentile in pick-and-roll roll-man defenders uh, situation. 
Synergy also places him in the, in the 96th percentile when defending jump so- shots 0 to 17 feet. Like, he was a legit good rotational piece for OKC. Like, he, he was someone that helped this team. He was not the jokester, the meme, or, or whatever you want to make him out to be the last couple of seasons. And so if you forget this, the, if you forget the draft night high ceiling talk, right? Like the, the, the draft night stuff where people are saying how he can be a unicorn, he can be this incredible passer and all-star and superstar. Forget all of that. Just look at what he is. And when he is to this point, while still having a really, a really high ceiling, I'm not, I don't want to get into that debate, the, that debate right now. Just looking at what he is this year, he was a really good rotational piece that helped the Thunder win basketball games. So, like, his return is not the low-hanging fruit tanking jokes that, that it once was. And as we've seen with Jeremiah Rumps Neural and, 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 you know, Trey Mann getting DMPs, but, like, more, more specifically, Jeremiah Rumps Neural, Jerry came back, did not look the same post-injury, and he hasn't been playing. Like, like the Thunder are, are not going to do anything crazy here. Uh, I think that I think that Poku will play for the Thunder again this year. I think that that he'll play uh, for Mark again this year at the NBA level, and you know they'll see how it works. You know they'll see if they'll see if he uh, can kind of get back in the groove. And from this blue game again, I know it sounds crazy because he didn't score a point, but from this blue game, I think that he'll he'll pick back up where he left off, and he'll and he'll be somebody that plays uh, a nice role for OKC. The key thing here is, even though he didn't score a point kind of stood within himself. And that's been maybe some of the problem with Poku the first two years of like, he was trying to do too much. And now he's just letting the game come to him. And we saw that at the NBA level. We've seen that now today after a two month layoff, which shows consistency and a switch of a mindset uh, for Poku. So he's back in the blue and we'll see whenever he returns to the thunder uh, and we'll see what happens Sunday uh, about kind of, maybe he goes to Texas. Maybe he doesn't again, that's just an t- entire guess, but uh, that's kind of the shortest and most feasible road trip. But I have no idea if he'll go on it or not. But that was the end of the blue season at home. Uh, it was great uh, to, to cover them this year. And uh, they'll, they'll have three more games remaining to finish out the year. Let's talk OKC Thunder going to Toronto to play the Raptors. How this game is one of the most exciting games of the season uh, for OKC. We'll talk about all that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. I am really geeked about our new partner and the sponsor of today's show, the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of being an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, well, your dream can come true. This game is definitely for you if that's the case. You manage every aspect of your team. You play through the season. You learn about your team and you lead them to glory as you assemble them by hiring the right coach and assistants by trading and training players, by making draft picks, by navigating your franchise through free agency, through the draft, through the ups and the downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline so you can play on the go as you want and when you want. At the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, go to probasketballgm.com, that's probasketballgm.com to to download the game, or just search the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM uh, game on the App Store. Make sure that you take advantage of this because our Lockdown Thunder listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the code LOCKDOWN. That's all caps, no spaces, code LOCKDOWN in the game store. So make sure that you check that out. This game is totally addicting. You will get hooked to it. Go give it a try. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. 
We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, check out the NBA Big Board Show talking all about the draft as March Madness is here. OKC takes on the Raptors. And look, this game got even more exciting. It was already exciting after the Thunder took care of business and beat the Nets, and and at the time, they were the eighth seed in the Western Conference. But the Rockets beat the Lakers on Wednesday night. The Celtics beat the Timberwolves on Wednesday night. And the Spurs gave the Mavs a scare, but the Mavericks ultimately won in overtime. Uh, But nonetheless, the Thunder play in Toronto tonight. A win tonight puts OKC at 500. OKC is returning to SGA's favorite road city, of course, his hometown of, of Canada, you know, his home country of Canada in Toronto. Uh, he's from Hamilton, like 40 minutes, 40 miles outside of Toronto, but still uh, for his home team, also a homecoming, of course, for Lou Dort uh, and Dort going to return home at the perfect time for Dort after a huge third quarter spark of, th- of five threes against Brooklyn in his last game. This is SGA's first game in Toronto after becoming an all-star. His first trip to Toronto, whenever he was a rookie, 19 points, Five rebounds, three assists, a steal, two blocks, 60% from the floor. His second trip to Toronto, 32 points, seven rebounds, two two assists, three steals, 57% from the floor. And his third trip to Toronto, 26 points, two rebounds, nine assists, and a steal. This will be his fourth trip to Toronto. Remember, they had that that Tampa Bay game. Uh, Shout out OKC Skittles for reminding everyone of that. Fourth trip to Toronto. Here's what's on the line in the fourth trip. He's an all-star. He's a 30-point-per-game scorer now. OKC is a game away from 500, and OKC is in the play-in tournament if the season ends today. They're in the postseason, all thanks to him and him leading this franchise along with uh, his, the rest of his supporting cast. A win tonight in OKC has the same record as Dallas, which they'd have the tiebreaker over Dallas. They have the same record as Minnesota. Now the Wolves do have the tiebreaker over OKC. OKC is currently on a three-game winning streak, winners of six of their last seven games, and I cannot stress enough how much energy I would expect OKC to play with. I cannot stress enough how much much I think that this team will rise to the occasion and will play extremely well in Toronto. This team is just built for these moments. It appears like this is a very young team, but each time that they faced games like this where you kind of get excited for it, you count down the hours for it, the LeBron chasing history, chasing Kareem game. They were they were up to the challenge. You know, the, the, these these milestone games here that they've played in, the defending world champion Warriors at home, needing a win post-All-Star break. They got it done in a big spot. Uh, even with what stood a Warriors avalanche uh, in the middle of that game. Like, in these moments like this, this young team has stepped up. And this young team has has rose to the occasion. And I think that they understand how big this game is independent of where it's being played. This game could be getting played in St. Louis. It wouldn't matter. It is a big game for the standings. But it's being played in Toronto. And they understand how important it is. This is a very tight you know, group. A, a, very, a very tight group that understands what this game means for Shea and for Lou and just for uh, this entire roster. And... I think it'll be awesome. And I think that this team has really hit their stride. I think that this team has gotten to a point where 
you can trust them to, to go and, and when they're healthy, have a shot to win any game that they play in any game at all. And the Raptors just got revenge on the Nuggets and they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Um, they're feeling pretty good about themselves after that game and they're back at home and they're in the mix as well in the Eastern conference for the play in that they need this game just as bad. They're the ninth seed in the East with 33 wins. It'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. The Raptors are five and five in the last 10 games at home. They're 21 and 13, which is much better than their road record of, of 12 and 23. But I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this game. We'll have the game recap right here on the Lockdown Thunder podcast afterward. Uh, but also today, I want to take your questions and answer them on the show. So at OKC underscore superfan, ask the question on Twitter. Do you genuinely think Lou Dort has a future spot on this team? I feel like he has not improved since his sophomore season. Um, okay. Yes, I do think that Lou Dort has a spot on this team. And I understand that it's it's getting tiresome to hear this over and over again, but it's true. It's not that Lou Dort hasn't improved, it's that the roster around him has not improved in the sense of in the sense of his role. Like his role needs the roster to get to a point, and it's getting there. Like you're seeing JW more aggressive, which is pushing Lou Dort down the shot taking totem pole. Same with Josh Giddy. I mean, you're going to add Chet Holmgren next year. You're going to add another first round pick this year that'll likely take more shots than Lou Dort in an ideal world. Like you're seeing him get pushed down that totem pole. And the further he goes down that rung, the better that he will look. And the, and the more he gets reduced to being a corner three point shooter, then the better he will be. Lou Dort is shooting a career high in threes in, in corner threes. He should do that again next year. Like already at this point in the season, Lou Dort is shooting 85 threes this year from the corner. Now he's played more games than he ever has. Also, let's let's keep that in mind uh, because of the two way thing as a rookie. And then all the other stuff that happened the last couple of years, but 85 corner threes, that number needs to continue to climb, continue to climb, continue to climb. And with that outside of his first year, he's taking his fewest non corner threes. And remember he's played more games already by 10 games, 10 whole games that is next highest uh, total of non-corner threes. So like he is adapting to his role in a sense, but the biggest glaring thing is, is that his rim finishing is not getting any better at all. Like it's getting worse. Even this is a career low rim finishing year for Lou Dort. I want to, first of all, I understand if you don't think that he can get better as a rim finisher. I know he's still young. I know he can improve. I know he's only, you know, not even 24 yet, but it's been four years you know, of him not being good. So if you're ready to, to cast him off as a really bad rim finisher, I can't blame you. The only thing I'll say is he truly has gotten better as a decision maker going toward the basket as a passer. He's gotten better. And last year in the summertime, it was not a wasted summer. I do not want to call that a wasted summer for him because I, I, I really uh, would feel like I'm overstepping at that point. But he talked about how the shoulder injury limited some of what he could do in the summertime and, and, and the work he could get into in the summertime at media day. And so you, know, you have a summer now with no shoulder injury and, you know, of course, knock on wood, hopefully no shoulder injury. And you have a summer of understanding, hey, this is the swing skill offensively for me. It's like, I have to get better as a rim finisher. And you have a guy who has the body to get better as a rim finisher. Like he has, he has the physical tools where he should be finishing better at the rim. It's just he's got to learn how to do it, and I think that he, he can. But, yes, I think that Lou Dort, as a, as a 
great defender and as a really, really good corner three-point shooter. I mean, he's shooting 44% in the corner three. Like, with all those things, he absolutely is a future for this team, especially as you you limit his offensive role to those things that he does super well. And and it only highlights his his great things about the about his offense. While also we already know he highlights his great defense. So I do think that Lou Dort has a future with OKC. Uh, at Jordan W, expectations for the end of this season and current players that you do not think have a future with OKC. Uh, I think that this that this Thunder team should be a playing team. Like should should play a game after Easter. Like they should play a game uh, after the regular season finale against Memphis. Like this team is right there. Like I, again, I know what the expectations were coming into the year, but like forget about all that. Like look at what's happened so far this year. Look at the fact that they're top three, third overall in net rating since January first. Look at the fact that the teams around them do not give you any sort of confidence that they're going to be better than OKC down the stretch. The Thunder should be a playing team. Now it's not, it's not dire. It's not like, Oh my gosh, if it doesn't happen, it's a failure, but like they should be a playing team. And I think that that's kind of what uh, the road is leading to here uh, in terms of like current players who I don't think have a future with OKC. Obviously um, stock watch stock is down on Trey man. Stock is down on Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, but it's really, it's really just those two guys that like the stock watch is going really down on. Um, and I don't know that you give up on Trey Mann yet, uh, especially because we know the type of scoring that he could be. And we've seen him get better. However, percentage wise, you want to say he got better, you know, 5%, 10%, 20%, hundred percent better, uh, defensively from year one to two. If he makes another, you know, improvement defensively, you're, you're two to three while also figuring out how to score the ball efficiently, uh, and play as an offensive player. Then in year three, you could see a, a nice bounce back from Trey Mann. So like, Obviously, if if you had to make a call today um, on what to do, uh, he I don't think he'd have a future with OKC. And when you get to that point where you stop, where you start to question if they do or don't have a future, oftentimes means that they don't have a future, just like a relationship. Like if you get to a point where you start questioning, hey, do I want to be with this person? All roads at that point likely lead to no. <laughs> um, but still, that's kind of where I'm at with this roster. We'll have more roster questions coming up uh, about OKC and. Some trade questions as well. But I do want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and check it out today because it's March Madness. And Built Bar is bringing back the March Madness bracket. So you know that you have a favorite flavor of Built Bar. I have a favorite flavor of Built Bar as well. And we can see who will be voting and who will win this tournament. For me... The decision is easy. It is cookies and cream. That is my favorite flavor of Built Bar. You can go right now and vote for cookies and cream Built Bar, and then you will be able to win a free box of Built Bars after a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On Thunder listeners, Locked On listeners, will be given a free box of Built Bars. Not only that, but one Locked On fan well, when a 12-month subscription to Built, to have a Built Bar or Puff delivered monthly straight to your door. So, you know I'll be voting for Cookies and Cream. If you want the um, Thunder to win, then you'll be voting for that bar to support your team and support your Built Bar and your Puff. Check it out today. You got to try Built Bar. Built Bar is fantastic. And you got to check it out today by 
going to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there as well. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick, which is cookies and cream. Also, I want to tell you, speaking of picks, about FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown right now. And if you're a new customer, it's even better because you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. It is March Madness time, folks. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown. You can bet on everything from the money line to the point spread, to three-pointers drained, to who will score the most points. You can bet on everything in the NBA, in the World Baseball Classic, in March Madness. You can bet on everything at FanDuel Sportsbook. I want to check it out right now. Let's see. What are the lines? What are the action? Kansas is a 22.5-point favorite over Howard. That line is extreme. Like yeah, That is extreme for that line. Oral Roberts... Plus six and a half over Duke. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Although, is that a sucker bet? Because we're all in on Oral Roberts. Are we all in too much to where Duke actually wins? This is the topsy-turbiness of March Madness. I'll give you my winner today. Louisiana, plus 11 and a half over Tennessee. Tennessee does not have Ziggler. They need Ziggler. Don't have the Zig. They need the Zig. They need Ziggy Stardust. I'm going to go Louisiana, plus 15 and a half. That's the winner. Check it out today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of LockedOn in the NBA. We're back on the LockedOn Thunder podcast. On the LockedOn Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. At Cameron says, would you like the idea of the Thunder trading some of their picks to get higher in the draft with someone like Brandon Miller in mind? Uh, yeah, I, I would love the idea of trading up in this draft. Now, uh, I'm not so sure that you can get Brandon Miller. I, I don't know. I, I, maybe you can. Uh, we, we, we've talked about trading up in this draft for a long time. Um, but, yeah, Brandon Miller would be a perfect fit for OKC. On the floor, off the floor. Obviously, that that seems like a big, hard no in terms of uh, off the floor for OKC specifically. Uh, but on the court, he'd be good. Even trading up to like 10th to get Grady Dick would be awesome, uh, I think, for OKC. Or, or 9th or 8th or however however well he plays himself into uh, the lottery. Uh, like Grady Dick would be a perfect fit for OKC. So yeah, I, I love the idea of trading up in this draft. I think that this draft is miles ahead of 2024 where you have four first-round picks. And, and if you can wheel and deal, that'd be great. Uh, at Frank Dorsey, does the development of our rookies plus the additions of Joe and Sarich make Presti reevaluate what OKC is going to do in the draft? To me, it's no, because those guys don't do anything to discourage your draft plans. Like, yeah, Isaiah Joe's an electric three-point shooter. I forget about the March slump so far. He's an electric three-point shooter. You still need more shooters. Like, you still need another three-point shooter and more, more, more three-point shooters. Um, Sarich is, is just a, a, a rotational big, if you can bring him back. He'd be like a, a rotational big. And the rookies, like, they're playing well. Like, J-Dub is awesome. J-Will is awesome. Usman's awesome. Chet's going to be awesome. But you still need another bucket getter. Like, I would love to see him get another bucket getter uh, that, that can really pour it in for OKC. Uh, so I, I don't think that, that you do anything except for take the best person, like take the best player uh, that you can find in this draft. Uh, you know, the Thunder have so many needs still in the sense of, like, so many different guys that they can see f- fitting into their image. Like, you, you could see a pure sharpshooter fitting into what OKC is doing. You could see a bucket getter 
fitting into what OKC is doing. That way the second unit has a guy that is just a a, a pure score um, that fits within the flow of an offense as well, obviously. Uh, you can use rebounding, whatever whatever the case is. So it, it really comes down to best player available for OKC still, even though they're they're on an a obscene trajectory of young talent in, in their system. At M. Byam 37, who would you choose as a future piece? J. Will, Jerry, or Poku? I'm a big J. Will guy. I'm a big J. Will guy. J. Will's my number one. Poku's my number two. Jerry's number three. But I really like all of them. Like, you know that I've, I've been partial to all of them uh, on this podcast. But J. Will, number one. Poku, number two. Uh, I, I talked about it on draft night. Like, on draft night, whenever they selected J. Will. J. Will and Jerry are redundant. One of them was gonna was going to put themselves and plant their flag as the guy. And so far, it's been J-Will. I will say, it's a little less, a little asterisk, I will say, you run this poll this time last year, and JRE is, is thought of a lot differently than the way he's thought of right now. So, like, we'll have to wait and see with J-Will in, in year two. Uh, but for me, I, I think that J-Will has a little more upside uh, and does a, does a little more things at an above-average plus clip than JRE. And for Poku, we talked about how good he was in segment number one. At Coach Brimmer, if we draft in the middle of the draft again, who do you think will be the best available player in the middle of this year's draft class? So in the middle of this draft class, it, I, I think it's hard right now to do that because there's no true consensus. Um, but let's just assume for the for this purpose that your board is something, some order of Victor, Scoot, Brandon Miller, the Thompson Twins, Juris Walker, Cam Whitmore, Nick Smith. Let's just let's just you know, that's the top eight on Tankathon right now. Let's assume that, that all those guys are included in your top eight. From there, um, it comes down to where you have guys like Kathy George, Grady Dick, um, Taylor Hendricks, Chet Howard. Uh, for me, in the middle of the draft class, I'm, I'll con- you know I'll consider that in the sense of like where the Thunder could pick, not like the mathematical middle. Although I've never passed a math class, so I have no idea what the mathematical middle is. Uh, I'll consider ten through. 17. Let's just get crazy and do 17. Um, Grady Dick, of course, Kathy George at the very top. Uh, Taylor Hendricks would be right in the sweet spot. Jet Howard, I love a lot for OKC. We've done a whole podcast on Jet Howard uh, to OKC. You can go back and listen to that one. I think that he'll be awesome. Uh, and then I love Chris Murray, personally. I understand that that you can um, look at him and, and, and not think he has upside and you want more than just a 3 and D type of player uh, with your first-round pick. Uh, but I really like what he can bring to OKC uh, specifically. So that that's kind of some names that I'm at right now. I, believe me, and you know if you listen to this podcast for a couple of years now, uh, we're going to hit draft coverage. Heavy, 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 heavy. Uh, we stay five days a week throughout the offseason, so we'll have plenty of time to talk draft coverage as well. So, But those are some names you can look into um, as the tournament gets started today. Uh, Taylor Hendricks playing in the NIT, uh, played really well against Florida on Wednesday. At R Henny 501 any chance we see Chet in the postseason should OKC make it? No, Chet Holmgren is not going to play this year. I, I think it's great that, that we're seeing these videos of him dunking, and and I was there at shoot around whenever he he dunked for the first time, and you know at least for some I should say in front of media, uh, dunked for the first time in front of media. Uh, he looks really good playing five on zero um, and, and doing some light work like that. I've heard he's done other work than just five on zero, but uh, we haven't, I don't think we've seen it um, with our own eyes. It's great. But there's a big difference in doing that and playing at an NBA level. And there's a big difference of doing that and playing full contact. And there's a big difference of doing that and just getting thrown into playoff basketball. Uh, that's just not realistic. It's not It's not at all going to happen. Um, 
and, and you don't want it to happen. You, you don't want that to be like, we all have it made up in our mind that like it would be some storyline WWE stuff where it comes out the tunnel unexpected in the play in tournament and he starts and he goes for 30 points and lifts the thunder to a player. It's not going to work out that way. Like, like it just, it just does, that does not happen. It's not a Disney movie. Um, so you, you work next year, you have that carrot dangling. You, it, you get to have your cake and eat it too. You get to see this team go to the postseason this year. And then next year you still have a fancy, shiny, brand new rookie prospect and Chad home run. Plus, a 2023 first round pick and a really good draft class. So no, like, it, like it's not going to happen and, and it shouldn't happen. And, and we shouldn't even want it to happen. We should want to save that present. You know, it, it, it's like we've gotten a little spoiled here, opening a few presents early. We convince mom to let us go downstairs and open up a few Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. And then now we're only left with one present under the tree and we're like, well, we might as well open it right now. No, save it. Save it for actual Christmas. Which is, in this case, October 19th next year. So uh, nonetheless... That's been today's show. Cannot wait for tonight's game against Toronto. We'll be back tomorrow to recap that game. And until then, be good and be good to one another.